Welcome to the Thursday, June 3rd edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Playoff action in the NBA continues tonight. Settle in and we'll set you up in the next 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. Big night in the NBA last night. We had four games to sort through. Tonight, we only have two, but they're big ones. Tyler, we're going to begin in the Pacific Northwest. The Portland Trailblazers trying to stave off elimination, find themselves currently as a five-point favorite. Total of 227.5, hosting the Denver Nuggets. How do you see this one? Yeah, I think five is just a little bit too much um, because the Trailblazers, as I've been saying all year long, as great as they are offensively, they're even worse defensively. Only the Kings were a worse defensive team than this uh, Portland Trailblazers squad. And I know Dame time is fun to watch, but not even his 55-point masterpiece could overcome their defensive deficiencies and that double overtime loss uh, and the critical uh, game five. So, uh, as long as Porter and Jokic are able to, um, you know, stay on the court, and I think they will, and get some help from those others, which they have showed up for the Nuggets throughout this series. I think five is way too many points. Uh, I think the Nuggets can win this game outright and close the series out. So I'll gladly take those points in my pocket. However, I do think in a crucial do-or-die must-win game for the Portland Trailblazers on their home floor, 34 and a half points, a very Steph Curryan point prop for Dame Lillard is too low. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it down at 33 and a half now. So if this keeps dropping, I'm going to keep hammering the over. I think 35 and a half is the right number here for Dame Lillard. If you take out those two games, game one, that was a blowout and game four, that was kind of a blowout. Dame Lillard has just been absolutely nuclear in this series. He's had the 55 point game, a 42 point game, a 37 point game and a 34 point game. He's, he's shooting 16 or 17 threes in these games upwards of 25 to 30 field goal attempts. So you think Dame Lillard's going to go out without firing all the bullets out of the chamber? I don't think so. 34 and a half, 33 and a half, whatever you have, still too low for Dame Lillard, regardless of the outcome of this game. Yeah, put it like this. I don't think the game plan for Portland tonight is going to be to have Dame Lillard shoot less than he has been during the series. So in terms of opportunity, it's going to be there. It's going to come down to whether or not he can convert. And as he's shown us time and time again, He's been able to. Uh, this is going to be a stinker. I don't think anyone listening is going to want to follow this. I am going to play the under here at 227 and a half. Through five games in this series, the pace metric, the average pace has been 94.3. Now, for those unfamiliar with pace, it's essentially the average of how many possessions a team has in a game, right? The more possessions you have, the more shots you're going to get off. The more shots you get off, the more points you can score. The higher the pace, the more scoring we generally see. Look at the Washington Wizards, number one in pace, number three in scoring. Look at the New York Knicks, 30th in pace, 26th in scoring. So you see where I'm going with that. This pace at 94.3 is lower than what the Knicks season average was at 96.3, which was 30th in the NBA. So the pace has been there. The problem is there's been no defense whatsoever, and both teams have been converting and scoring at an alarming clip. But that's where the kicker comes in. Both teams combined are averaging 40% from deep in this series. The Clippers finished the regular season number one in the NBA in three-point shooting at 41%. I don't necessarily see that being something that's sustainable, that both teams can continue to convert from deep at this rate. Maybe Lillard can, but I don't think the rest of them can. Combine that with the pace, and the following fact, 
three games in Denver for this series, 237 points per game. Two games in Portland, 222 points per game. Very small sample, but there has been less scoring in Portland than there has in Denver. I'm going to play under 227 and a half. Hold your nose. You might not even want to watch the game if you're going to make that wager because they're probably going to put up 60 plus in the first quarter like they do every damn night. Game number two, LeBron James in a do or die situation in the opening round. Lakers laying two, total of 207 and a half, hosting the Phoenix Suns who have the opportunity to close it out. Which way are you going to go here? I've been hammering the under in this series, and I'll do it again. 207 and a half, still too high. The under has hit four of the five games we've seen in this series. The highest point total has been 211, and that was that crazy game where there was like 21 points scored in the final 19 seconds or whatever it was. So with Anthony Davis either out or likely very compromised, the Lakers offense goes from just decent to very, very bad, especially in the half court. So um, these are two teams that are going to be great defensively. Even if Davis isn't there, we know the Lakers are going to be a great defensive team. They were all season, had the number one defensive rating. Neither team wants to play particularly fast, bottom third in the NBA during the regular season and pace and slowing down here in the postseason. Um, With that being my handicap of how the game looks from a macro level on a micro level, it pains me to do this, but I'm going to play LeBron James under 47 and a half points, assists, and rebounds. The only way I think LeBron gets over this, which by the way, he hasn't come close to in any game in this series, 43 points, assists, and rebounds is the highest output LeBron has given in any game this series. So 47 and a half just seems too high given the way these games have played out. The only way he gets over this is if he drops, you know, I think 35 plus points, which we just haven't seen LeBron been able to do, whether it's the ankle, whether it's bad shooting, whether it's the pace, whether it's Phoenix's defense. You know, he's not giving Luka Doncic-like performances uh, as far as the scoring, Trey Young-like performances. He's giving you 22 points per game this series. So unless that comes up tremendously in this game, which it very well could with LeBron, but I think that's a, you know, 8 to 12% chance that we see LeBron go for 35-plus in this matchup. So as long as Phoenix holds him to, you know, mid-upper 20s, maybe even lower 30s, I think 47.5 points assistant rebounds, is too high in a game where we aren't going to see much production because I'm anticipating a 99-95 type game, especially if the Lakers want to win. There's no way they're going to win allowing Phoenix to score more than like 85 or 90 points because they just can't get to 100 points themselves without a fully healthy Anthony Davis. So the only way the Lakers win is if this is an absolute 1990s rock fight. Um, And even if the Suns win, uh, it's likely because – LA's offense is so anemic that they, that they win easily and LA only scores 85, 90 points in this game. So I had a great joke lined up about how we're going to do a little role reversal here. You're playing the under and I'm playing the prop. And that was exactly the prop I was going with the under on par. <laughs> it was, it was, I played it this morning. It was 49 and a half. It has come down to 47 and a half in the last two hours. I saw that this morning because I wanted to see what all of LeBron's props were going to be because everyone's going to have the same mindset tonight, right? LeBron's going to yeah. go off. LeBron's going to have the game of his career. Maybe, maybe. But again, going back to the pace metric, this has been a low pace, slow pace series. And when that happens, the opportunities in the box score are going to drop. LeBron's averaging 37.2 points plus assists plus rebounds for the series. The highest he got in the entire run so far has been, what, 43? I think it was. Mm -hmm. He hasn't hit this mark in any of the five games. So 49 and a half going down to 47 and a half doesn't surprise me in the least. It's my favorite play in this game. I'd side with you on the under. I lean to the Suns a little bit too, but ultimately I'm going to go under on the LeBron par prop. 
I think it's way too high. He's been shooting 49% from the floor and 39% from deep. So it's not like he's been having a bad shooting series where all of a sudden he's going to have some positive regression. He's had a great shooting series. He just isn't getting the opportunities. From a, a rebound and assist standpoint, he hasn't been putting up monster numbers. He's doing the best he can. There just isn't a lot of help around him, and he's going up against a very good defense. So you and I see eye to eye there. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, anything on the baseball card tonight? I was really thrilled that I felt like I had the Marlins winning yesterday. They had the nice game mm. tonight. They blew that without getting a single expletive out. I'm going to use the mm. word expletive rather than an actual expletive, but baseball was brutal yesterday. Anything I can tell today? Yeah, I took a, a hard L on uh, with our diamond dollars bet on our show bet uh, because I had the Dodgers to score first and beat the Cardinals. Unfortunately, Paul Goldschmidt hit a first inning home run off for Walker Bueller. Then the Dodgers offense blew up for 11 runs in the bottom of the first. So if not for that kind of fluke home run off of Bueller in the first, I definitely would have cashed that on diamond dollars. I'm going to go to one that's kind of scary, but I like the price at plus 120 and maybe, uh, you know, Warren Fortenbaugh here will um, warn against me being greedy again with the uh, juicy price tag here. But we have a pretty good pitching matchup in San Diego tonight. The Mets and the Padres, Taiwan Walker and Hugh Darvish. I'm going to go under one and a half runs for the first three innings at plus 120. Walker is 4-1 this season with a 1.84 ERA, a 0.94 whip. Now, it's a little bit smoke and mirrors because he doesn't miss a lot of bats with a high strikeout rate, but he's had that ERA under two pretty much the whole season. Darvish, on the other hand, his underlying metrics kind of portend to a guy who's been as dominant as him. 5-1 this season, 2.16 ERA, 0.93 whip. And, oh, yeah, he gets that matchup with the Mets lineup that is still atrocious. So as long as Walker can get through the Padres lineup through the first time, that's the first three innings, basically, without allowing a run, maybe just one, I'm pretty sure you, Darvish, is going to blank the Mets the first three innings. So I know it's tight. You can only have one run over the first 18 outs combined for each team. But uh, we have one of the worst offenses in all of Major League Baseball. The Padres offense does scare me but I'm hoping Walker can get through the first time pretty much unscathed and we can cash that at plus 120. First three innings under one and a half run Mets and Padres tonight in San Diego. Yeah, Padres just got swept by the Cubs and had a lot of trouble putting runs across the plate and had a lot of trouble from a pitching perspective as well. And that's what I'm thinking about today. I'm going to lay the 125 with the Giants over the Cubs. I think the Cubs are riding real high off that three-game sweep of the Padres. I think they're a little bit overvalued as a result. They have a really good record and a really good run differential, but they beat up on a lot of bad teams early in the season. It's not to say the Cubs aren't good. It's just to say that right now, I don't think there's enough evidence to point to the fact that the Cubs are great. So they beat the Padres in that sweep. They get on the plane. They're going all the way to the West Coast for the late start against the Giants, who, oh, by the way, were off yesterday. And the Giants this season, small sample size, but over their last four off days, they're 4-0. They come off the off day. They tend to play very, very well and win. Not only that, Giants are off a loss as well, and that's when they've been at their best this season. 14-6 and over their last 20 games when coming off a loss. Now, they're going to go with a bullpen approach tonight, but it's going to be Zach Davies for the Cubs. He's been all right as of late. 4.65 ERA on the season. The Giants rank fifth in home runs against right-handed pitching, though. They've been very, very good. They've got Farhan Zaidi in the front office. So Gabe Kapler is the manager. They're doing the whole analytics thing. Every single at-bat, every single pitch has to be dissected and analyzed, and you have to try to find the edge everywhere. And I think there is an edge tonight. I played the Giants up over minus 130 because I think there's a little bit of a value. All right. 
Good stuff, my man. So we've got some baseball, we got some basketball, and we got a lot of shows today. Bet is going to be on ESPN Plus, as well as ESPN's Facebook, Twitter, and all digital accounts. That's today at 4 p.m. Eastern. We've got Daily Wager on ESPN2 at 6 p.m. Eastern. But I digest, or I digress, I should say. That's it for today. <laughs> 10 minutes of the bets you need, as promised. Do us a favor, you get the opportunity. Subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate it very much if it turns out you are, in fact, enjoying the show. It helps us out tremendously. Have a good night tonight. Good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs>